Hey everyone, um, before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to address something. Um, when we recorded this episode, we recorded On the Platter, and the album was We Are Chaos by Marilyn Manson. Since then, there have been some allegations against Marilyn Manson uh, by Evan Rachel Wood. Out of respect for our guest and out of respect for uh, the victims that have been coming forward in these allegations, we uh, have decided not to air the On the Platter segment of this particular episode. Um, so thank thank you all for listening. Thanks for understanding. And we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, vinyl lovers. I'm Antonio Staropoli. And I'm Chris Myers. And you're listening to Taste of Vinyl. <laughs> Time to fire up the press. We're gonna make some hits. <laughs> another another press reference. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I welcome welcome <laughs> listeners. Welcome. We have an excellent episode today with a very prominent figure within the vinyl community. She's the founder of Women in Vinyl and the chief of sales and marketing at Furnace Record Pressing. Welcome, Jen Eugenio. How you doing, Jen? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Definitely. We are so psyched to have you. And you know, before we we begin, uh, we want to mention that you are our first female guest. And <laughs> although we although we've noticed that like there are a lot of women in the vinyl community, like never really occurred to us to reach out to any of them until we were like several episodes in. And then we're like, wait a minute, like we just keep having all these guys on the show. And you know, we, we realize we just need to do a better job of representing the vinyl community as a whole. And so that's that's where you come in. We thought, you know, what better guest than the founder of Women in Vinyl to come on to our show? So thank you for coming on. You know, we we truly appreciate it, and and we're happy to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to lead the way for more women to come. <laughs> yes, awesome. I think you're doing a great job. So. I don't know if you've listened to the show, but the first thing that we ask right out of the gate is analog or digital? Analog. <laughs> okay. Yes. Elaborate. Elaborate. Give us a little bit in terms of what? Um, well, I mean, everything I do uh, basically revolves around vinyl. So if I said digital, <laughs> that really wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, True. I mean- I collect records. I work with vinyl. Um, you know, I run women in vinyl. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's truly a passion of mine and, uh, yeah, analog all the way. (laughs) Awesome. I think we, we may agree with, with that. Yeah. And judging by your collection, it's just insane. Like, you know, seeing that picture before of all the vinyl you have, unbelievable. What a collection. That's incredible. That is incredible. So, you know, I, I wanted to dig into women in vinyl, but first, like, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I myself have a degree in marketing, which I'm still not even totally sure what that means. Uh, <laughs> but can you tell us what it means to be the chief of sales and marketing at a record pressing company? Yeah, well, so my roles shifted a little bit. Now I'm doing um, more of sales. Well, still, I lead the sales team, but um, I'm also okay. sort of taking the customer experience uh, role. So I'm leading the customer service team as well. I think like um, really what I do is um, I sort of help people realize their vision for what they want uh, when they're trying to put out a vinyl release. So 
you know, anybody can come and uh, get a quote and talk about their project. And we sort of on the sales team help them, you know, understand what they can and can't do, um, uh, different options they have, color, packaging, um, weight, uh, talk timelines, budgets, uh, and then help them realize their dream release. Uh, and then after that, uh, once the, you know, once the job is in, uh, we transition the job over to our customer service team who sort of shepherds it through, so to speak, um, through pressing and then to shipping it out. And so they, uh, sort of take over the job and, and own that account with the sales person. So bridging that gap, um, it, it really is important to kind of help that person uh, feel the connection through the whole process that we're here to help them through. Cause some people have never done it before and it's, you know, quite an experience if you haven't. Sure. Um, sure. And even if you have, like you want your label to be represented in a certain way or, or whatever. So, uh, right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great, great job. That's awesome. And it really doesn't make sense that, you know, uh, you're, you're transitioning, into, you know, the the whole customer service experience, because it sounds like it it just makes it more streamlined, the whole, the whole process, the whole experience. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, you know, I like seeing it through, um, start to finish anyway. And I think it just provides a better overall experience for our clients. Yeah. uh, That makes sense. Absolutely. So, you know, we had uh, Skippy on the show a while ago, who is the owner of Pirates Press. Yeah. Um, and, and I always kind of just kick myself for not asking like the most obvious question, <laughs> which is to take us through the whole like vinyl pressing process. Uh, you know, I, obviously, it, it, I'm sure it varies from one plant to another. But at Furnace, from what I understand, you guys are basically like a one stop shop and you're involved in just about every aspect of the manufacturing process. Um, so can you elaborate, like just, you know, kind of summarize what the process is like at Furnace in layman's terms? Yeah. So essentially, uh, you've recorded your record and you've had it mastered for vinyl, ideally. <laughs> and you, uh, come <laughs> to, you come to us and you say, you know, here's what I envision uh, that I want. Um, and then we build your quote for you. Uh, we work with you on everything from, you know, vinyl weight, color to, you know, single pocket or gatefold jacket, uh, when do you need it by? Uh, once we've got that all sorted, uh, you send your audio in, fill out a couple forms, and uh, we go to press, which essentially means that um, we will take your audio and we have a couple uh, lacquer cutters that work uh, with Furnace. And so we would give them your audio, they would cut it to a lacquer, um, mm. that then goes to a plating facility uh, where the lacquer is electroplated. Um, and then mm-hmm. we make, depending on the process, we make a father or mother's. There's, <laughs> I can send you a, a kind of step-by-step to follow up on this if you want to read further. But um, yeah. your mother will make stampers, and your stampers are what go into the pressing machine. Okay. Okay. Um, so we take all of your uh, components then. So a, a common misconception is that uh, the labels are stickers. They're not. Um, it's mm. actually it's actually a paper that um, you have to bake in an oven to remove the moisture. Really? So, wow. yeah, so those go into your 
record press along with um, the metal. Then um, you put in the PVC, whatever kind of color, PVC, black, whatever people want. And then from Mm -hmm. there, um, you start pressing. Um, Before we get into the full run, we do test presses. And so this is why sort of the process can take a little bit longer is after the lacquer's cut, plated, we go to press with it. Um, We do five test presses typically, um, and we send those to the client so that they can listen and make sure, you know, tracks are in the right order. Um, there's the correct scribe in the dead wax. The, um, you know, it sounds good to make sure nothing is glaringly um, an issue. Sure. And then once that's signed off on, then that's when we go to press with full labels and everything. And then after those are cooled QC'd, then they get packed out and shipped to the client. Wow. That's quite a wow, process. Quite- it is quite the process. <laughs> Amazing. So many different steps. Yeah. So, like, how how long would you say it takes from like conception to finished product? Typically, uh, I mean, theoretically, it could take you know four to five weeks for test presses, six to eight weeks mm-hmm. for goods. Um, you know, twenty twenty really kind of threw a wrench in in pressing for people. I mean, sure. Supply yeah. delays, closures, um, the whole industry is just a little bit backed up right now. But in theory, yeah. the process, a couple of few months. So Wow. Well, thank you so yeah. much for explaining that to us. Uh, I'm so I'm like really glad that we finally, you know, after so many episodes, have uh, someone who was able to give us an, an explanation from A to Z on how vinyl is made. <laughs> it just seems like something we should have done a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> From day one. Yeah. From day one. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Um, oh, well, better late than never. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you end up working for Furnace? Like did your passion for vinyl bring you there or did you get the position first and become motivated to start collecting? Like how did that happen? So I have been collecting records since I was in high school. Um, I would say I started sort of buying them then, but I've lived sort of all over. So the collection really grew uh, once I settled down a little bit more. Um, And my partner, he is a big record collector too. So between the two of us, I mean, it's, you know, (laughs) we don't ever... If he's like, I want this record, we're enablers. I'm like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) What is that like? Because (laughs) my fiance hates it. And she's just like, you know, you need to stop. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Well, we bought a house last year amidst everything that was going on. And uh, one of the big things was finding a house with enough space. (laughs) Yeah. Well, congrats. Congrats on, you know, buying a house. That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you have enough space. <laughs> uh, diminishing quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get it. So, so you know, I we both really love records. Um, we actually met in a record store. He, um, We lived in Savannah, Georgia for a while um, and then wanted sort of a change and moved to Nashville. And uh, Ray started working at United Record Pressing uh, and... I really wanted to do something with vinyl, but there wasn't really a good opportunity for me there. And um, we actually are from the Northern Virginia area. And so actually my mom (laughs) was like, I found a position at um, this record pressing plant that's opening up. You should move home. 
and wow. <laughs> both applied and we both ended up with positions there. So what? Oh my God. Yeah. Cool. That is, this is like <laughs> such an awesome story. Like this is like the <laughs> yeah. perfect vinyl, like record love story. Like, please, <laughs> please write a memoir like let's make a movie out of this It's so good you guys yeah. met at a record store <laughs> and and now you guys found a position like positions at a record pressing plant like that's amazing i love it it's so good yeah it's it's great and um yeah i mean i'm very fortunate because you know furnace is such a great fit and um it's been such a good opportunity to learn about the process um i mean truly they started from scratch. I mean, we just got presses yeah. and we're, we figured it out. And um, so wow. it's been really cool to be a part of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Very happy for you guys. That's, that's yeah. such a great, <laughs> such a great story. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about women in vinyl. Yeah. So the motto or I guess mission statement for women in vinyl is empowering women working in the music industry to create, preserve and improve the art of music on vinyl which is a wonderful sentiment. Can you tell us how you kind of set out to achieve that? Yeah. So, I mean, my goal really, um, before I got into working with vinyl, um, I was a career advisor for an art college and I truly do love helping people. Um, my degree is actually in design. And <clears throat> so, you know, when I worked there, it was sort of a combination of, you know, helping people plus design. And then, you know, moving into working with vinyl, it's kind of combining all of those passions because I'm helping people realize their product, um, make this art that they love, and, you know, also sort of just do what I love with records. And what I found was that a lot of women are in the industry uh, because they sort of fell into it. And mm -hmm. a lot of women are considered uh, to not really know what they're talking about <laughs> when it comes to vinyl be it as a collector or someone in the industry. And um, I know that I've felt that in certain uh, times in my life. And I know that others have oh, as wow. well. So hmm. I wanted to sort of say, look at what all of these awesome women are doing um, that are sort of behind the scenes that maybe don't own the plant, or in some cases they do. Um, but also, you know, but they're working to realize this music that you love. And what I feel coming from an educational background is that if we start the learning sooner through like STEM education and, and things like that, maybe because vinyl has made such a, re such a resurgence, um, women will want to find these role models, seek out people from women in vinyl and come to this industry um, on purpose and not by chance. And so that's sort of the goal is to educate sooner, earlier, um, give women and girls the um, confidence, both like how to set up a turntable to like, what are wave files or to know the process and to feel confident sure. of going in and trying to get one of those positions. Right. Love that. Yeah, that's fan That's fantastic. I think that's, um, that it sounds like you have a very clear vision. And I, I think that that is definitely a great place to start. How would you say that, um, and I know it's hard to quantify something like this, but how would you say that you'd be able to measure the success of the goals that you're, you're setting out to accomplish? Um, well, I would like to eventually make it a true nonprofit. Uh, 
I mean, that's sort of the goal. And so with that, uh, I would like to be able to raise money to help girls go to like DJ school or um, get scholarships to things like um, becoming an engineer so that they can cut lacquers, uh, things like that. And so I think that eventually that will help sort of show that growth. I think right now, just the support from the community in general definitely shows that it's something that uh, was needed uh, or wanted. And so I think that that uh, is great too to see. Definitely. Terrific. I mean, definitely very like altruistic goals that you have. And um, I, I hope that, you know, you're able to see it through. I hope that, you know, everything that you set out to accomplish, you accomplish. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. I love what you do. I love what you're doing. Um, and I think you're right. I think there needs to just be a little bit more inclusivity. You know, I know that I'm fairly new personally to collecting vinyl. I'm new to this world and I know that I'm, I'm still learning. And, um, you know, I feel like sometimes I, I do feel lost. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. You know, I have no idea like what this means or what that means. And so, you know, it seems like what you're doing really is, is you're giving people the opportunity you know, to learn about this stuff. And, um, you know, you mentioned education is it's a, it's a huge part of what you what you're doing. And um, I, I just love that. I love it. Because, you know, even though I'm a guy, I can I can I can relate, you know, and I, I can see the value in what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing is like, I never want to make it like, demeaning to men or make them feel oh. make it feel some sort of way like that. Um, I want it to feel like anybody could learn from this and just the fact that, you know, it's women educating, I think is kind of a, a cool aspect right. of, you know, because I think it is, it has been anyway in the past perceived as such a, uh, like a boys club, so to speak. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that it seems at least in the past, it's been more, um, willingness within, you know, guys show guys other things. There's no embarrassment there, but girls sometimes feel yeah. like they have to already know, you know, and, or right. come in, like with this crazy collection or whatever. And you should, you know, you should feel comfortable starting with, you know, your cheap turntable and your hand-me-down records. If that's what you have, at least sure. you're getting into it. And that's the first step. So, yeah. I agree. That's fantastic. And so, yeah, actually, perfect kind of segue into the next question. Can you tell us about your your music collection? Like, what type of artists, genres could we expect to see? Do you have like any Holy Grail albums or anything we know like Black, that? We know Black Sabbath is in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Black Sabbath is is really my uh, Holy Grail part of the collection. Um, That's awesome. I, I started, you know, I bought my first master of reality record. And then I, I found another one and I was like, Oh, these are different though. Mm -hmm. it's the same record, which then led me down a path to having four <laughs> plus versions of that. Record. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> so, All the variants and pressings. Yeah. And so I started the, you know, as if I needed to start something else, I started the um, mistress of reality account to sort of dig in and see, how these got created and why and kind of, I don't know. It's so interesting. So yeah, definitely lots of black Sabbath. Um, and then I love, uh, any sort of like, it's like stoner rock, doom, space rock, like heavy instrumental stuff. Cool. Uh, so definitely that. And then I'm like very 
into my nineties nostalgia. So (laughs) (laughs) very cool. (laughs) Well, so like I grew up in the nineties, you know, so like that, you know, that was such a huge part of my musical upbringing was like Alice in Chains and, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Soundgarden, like all that stuff. So, so yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very much the same. That, that made me want to ask one question. Um, in a world where Black Sabbath doesn't exist, which is a sad <laughs> world, but what would be your obsession, like obsessive or, or like the band that you'd be obsessed with if Black Sabbath just didn't exist for whatever reason? You know, it's funny because uh, if they didn't, I think so much of the collection that I own also wouldn't exist. Probably. Um, you know, yeah. and so they I really th- started that genre. The domino effect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so I love, um, Elder. I think they're an amazing band and I love, um, Uncle Acid. I think they're, oh man, yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole concept, um, <laughs> behind their record is amazing. So, yeah. So, sorry. I'm, I'm the only reason that I'm laughing. You don't, you don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. And, and, as I and always so, do. <laughs> Right. So like, it's just kind of an ongoing thing that like anytime a guest brings up like any kind of band or artist or whatever, Chris is like, oh yeah, you know, like I know, I know that guy. And I'm like, and I'm just like, I just feel so left out. So. Okay. Well, how so about that? If I were to choose my, like a nineties band. Okay. Okay. Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. So you have to know them. <laughs> That's a uh, yeah, yeah. Billy Billy Cor- <laughs> Billy Eilish <laughs> Billy Eilish something, something. Yeah, is that Billy Eilish? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, cool. So so thanks for you know giving us a peek into your uh, you know into your collection. Now getting back to you know the the fact that you work for a pressing plant, there has to be some perks when it comes to, to working for them. Like we need to know, like, do you get advanced copies of music, uh, get to talk to like your favorite artists, anything like that, that's kind of worth mentioning. I mean, it's definitely, I wish I should say that I had time to listen to everything that came through. Sure. Um, sure. But absolutely. Like, um, I get to work with some amazing labels and people frontier records. Um, they, started working with us. Um, they've shared that publicly and, um, they're amazing female run label suicidal tendencies. I mean, adolescents. So they're very cool, uh, to work with Steve Von Till from neurosis. I absolutely love working with him. Um, he's a client that loves to brainstorm and, um, you know, it's just a great experience. He, uh, he came by when they were pressing a record and on tour before COVID, um, so really cool to kind of show him around and, and get to meet him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, getting to work with people whose mu- music you love um, and help them sort of get it out into the world is really the biggest perk for me. Yeah, being a part of that whole process must be so cool. Yeah, it really is. So um, so we asked this this question on a previous episode, but the guest was more of kind of an audio tech expert and not so much an expert on vinyl itself, but can you speak to the quality of colored vinyl versus quote unquote black vinyl? Do you have any like comments for, for those that are like hypercritical of colored vinyl? I just think it's a never ending debate, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know, 
technically people say that the that well there's the thought process that clear vinyl because it doesn't have additives supposedly is the best then there's oh. the thought that black vinyl because of you know the um color with that makes it black um has properties that enables it to be better and then Color vinyl, I think everybody, you know, sort of has this feeling that because, again, of the color additives, that it's gonna, not going to be as good of quality. I think it sort of depends on the person and how you're, how you're listening. Um, I don't know that most people will tell a difference. Some colors have higher noise floors, like, you know, white vinyl uh, is known to ha be a little bit louder. Um, okay. Glow-in-the-dark vinyl, like we don't carry glow-in-the-dark, it can have a mm. higher noise floor. Mm -hmm. So, but it could vary too, like plant to plant, like some colors like to press better than others. So it's yeah. so, hard, so hard to say. And I think it just, you know, it's the never ending debate. debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, to totally. I mean, um, since, you know, since that first time that we asked the, our previous guest that question, I have purchased colored vinyl of albums that I have in black. And I have to say, uh, they're... For me, I can't, there's no discernible difference. Right. And I know I have uh, vinyl, like you mentioned that like clear vinyl is supposed to be the best. There are some clear vinyl records that I have that sound like shit that are right. just like, like all I hear is, is like crackling and, you know, popping and all this stuff. And I, I don't know. I don't attribute it to, I, it's probably like you said, it's probably it just depends on like the pressing plant. And like whatever material they're using. And you know, what what bothers me more than anything is like these people that are hypercritical of colored vinyl. Because they're like, oh, you know, they're these these like quote unquote purists, which I find, you know, it's just like, listen, at the end of the day, the fact that colored vinyl is a thing, I think is so valuable to the artists because it really does give it gives the listener, the the audience, a an experience mm -hmm. because it's it's part it's 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 just part of the whole thing, you know. It's it's like how fucking boring can it can you be? Like um I'm just gonna I'm uh, you know like I'm, I just want black vinyl. Like that's the best sounding <laughs> vinyl. And and if you get colored vinyl, you're an idiot because it's like listen, calm down, relax, like. I, there's plenty of colored vinyl that I've heard that sounds incredible. That just sound, and I think a lot of it has to do with mastering, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I just can't stand that. I can't, you know, and that's why, like, I wanted to get a perspective from somebody who understands this, who's an expert who is around it every single day. Yeah, and I think a little bit, like you're saying, depends on the artist too. You know, some artists it may benefit their fan base to not do black vinyl and that's their choice and you know sure. i think if right. that helps them sell records then yeah i mean i it should come down to the the plant quality the mastering like you're saying um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think most people probably won't notice a difference and i think you know if people want to make it it look it's it looks good with packaging right so <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it does. It does. You know, when it's done right, like I said, I think it's just part of the experience. It's art on art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. It's part of why I love collecting vinyl. Like I, I get so excited. I, I get 
you know, if I get like a, a record in the mail and it's the first time that I'm seeing it, you know, I've seen it like online and, you know, those sometimes those are mock-ups and, and you know, may not end up being what the actual record looks like. But I get so excited when I see something and I'm like, holy shit, like this is, this is gorgeous. It's yeah. just beautiful. And yeah. it's just so nice to just to even look at. So maybe one day we'll get to a point where you know, everyone has their own opinions and, and everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And hopefully we get to a point one day where you can just like what you like and not get a negative comment about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that be nice? Like, <laughs> like you're an idiot for liking colored vinyl. Like, oh there's thanks, there's man, I guess. I don't know, man. I think like it just the whole like the music world just kind of attracts a lot of elitists. And so, you know, it bleeds into like the sure. vinyl community and it's you're just so right. I can't stand it. That's just me, though. Like, I'm sorry. Well, and thus, <laughs> women in vinyl. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that, that, again, that bleeds over, you know? So, yeah. Wow. See. Unreal. So, have there been like any kind of eye opening experiences that you've had, either, either with the work that you've done at Furnace or with women in vinyl? In like, in what way? Just like something that you've, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't. I didn't know that. Like, wow, that's that's crazy. Something that just kind of like really took you by surprise. You're like, wow, I didn't realize that this is this. Like, I think the whole process of making a record is something that if you if you collect records and you haven't read into how a record is made, it's very eye opening. Um, you yeah. know, truly is a manufacturing process. And I think a lot of times, you know, when there are delays or you know things happen. Um, the more that people could understand about the process, the better, because I mean, when I was just running through all of the, the steps, you know, it's, there's so many things that go into making a single record that, yeah, uh, I think that that's very eye opening when you really get down to it. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's crazy. And, uh, one day we hope to experience that craziness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I digress. Okay. So you have lots of like remarkable women that you spotlight on women in vinyl. Is there a person that really stands out to you as someone that is really going to make a difference and kind of help shape the progress in the vinyl community? Like someone that really embodies what women in vinyl stands for? Oh, that's such a hard question. I mean, honestly, I, I truly feel that everybody that I profile, I couldn't choose one. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, recently I talked to, um, Audrey, who is working at a, well, her and her two other friends opened a record press, um, pressing plant. I think they have like a press or two, um, coffee shop and record store all in one. Cool. Um, and she's young, like she's just kind of coming into all of this. And, you know, it's sort of, to me was cool to see because like, that's sort of what I'm talking about. Like, she's getting into this at a point where she's driving it forward. She's sort of the new generation coming into it. And, yeah. you know, the fact that her and her friends were like, of all the things they could do, that's what they did. Like, that's pretty cool. That is really neat. That's real. That's really cool. And where, where is it located? They're in Canada. Oh, oh in, wow. Oh, Canada. Okay. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it, that just sort of speaks to sort of the goal and everything that we're sort of working towards is that. So, yeah, I mean, but everybody, I, you know, I recommend um, kind of reading everybody's stories and it's just so interesting. You know, I think going back to the question about something that sort of eye opening was with women in vinyl, just finding how everybody sort of found their way to vinyl, you know, so yeah. 
actually set out to do it. So that's terrific. And uh, any anyone who's listening, guys, please check out womeninvinyl.com. Go to the website. There are so many different spotlights on these women that are doing phenomenal things within the industry. Um, so yeah, absolutely check it out. There's a lot that goes into it. So Jen, is there, if there was one thing about the vinyl industry that you could change, what would it be? Hmm. That is a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think looking forward, if, you know, take out everything that I've talked about, you know, about inclusiveness and everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that looking forward is really just finding um, eco-friendly ways to do things if there's any way to do that. I mean, I know that there are people that are looking into eco-vinyl and doing things, you know, in that realm. And sure. to be honest, I'm not super well-versed in that. But from what I, you know, what I understand, it's just like with everything else, like fast fashion, everything, it's, you know, we need to at some point take into account how it's impacting our environment. And so I think that's something that we need to be cognizant of. So definitely that might relate to the, the next question is what do you see for vinyl in 10 years? And I think that that might tie in there not to put words in your mouth. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that that, um, will play some role. Um, I don't think anything will be slowing down. I mean, I, I feel that everybody, um, has embraced, (laughs) You know, vinyl, I mean, especially during the pandemic, you know, it's been, we've been busy, you know, so people want their records and that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy about that, but yeah, I think there's always room for innovation and being more eco-conscious. And I think those are definitely places where the industry can grow. I mean, pressing records has been the same thought process forever. So who knows what, you know, is to come as far as that is concerned. I mean, if if anything, it, you're you're right. Like with what happened this past year in 2020, seeing mm-hmm. that vinyl sales overtook CD sales for the first time in I, I think what Since 20 like, years? Yeah, no, probably more. Probably more than that, 25, 30 years or something. Oh, it was probably early 90s or something. Early 90s, yeah. It's just insane. Like, you would think that, like, the economy would just have, it was slowing down. Like, people couldn't, you couldn't be spending really that whole, a whole lot of money. But vinyl was something that people, it was like, you know. Well, you, you think, of, think about <laughs> it, right? Like, artists need a way to make money. They're not touring, sure. right? Like, we've mentioned this before, you know, where it's like, well, how, how are these artists going to make money? Well, let's put music out. A lot of them yeah. started grinding and started, like, writing stuff and just putting it out there. And, like, since digital streaming isn't really the best way for artists to make money, you know, having uh, like physical media, that's that's where they're going to make their bread and butter. Yeah. And the most popular physical media is records right now. It's vital sure. records. Right. So it just makes sense. And I think that the fact that a lot of people are missing, like fans are missing the experience of going to shows, going to concerts, and just missing other aspects of their social lives I think being able to, because I've experienced it myself. I, I I started this podcast. I started an Instagram. You know, like it just started taking on a life of its own for me personally. So I I understand that there are so many people that are, I guess, trying to fill like a kind of void. Like I said, in their social lives, musically, and so it's like, wow, all of these different artists are coming out with these 
incredible like represses and like new pressings and like all this all this stuff so it doesn't like shock me like it doesn't surprise me that this industry has grown tremendously during this time yeah you know with your turntable you know nobody's really sitting at home with their computer playing spotify (laughs) right 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 (laughs) yeah Totally, totally. So if someone who's never collected vinyl comes up to you and says they want to start a collection, but they don't know where to start, what direction would you point them in? Like like bands, specific albums or pressings that are higher quality, or even just like a great store that you know of that has a great selection? Oh, I mean, I would tell them to just buy what they love to listen to. I mean, really, like pressing quality aside whatever. I mean, your record collection should be what you love and what you want to listen to. And so that's where I would tell them to start. I think um, there are so many good record stores and I definitely would suggest supporting them. I mean, we, when we could travel, we used to travel to visit record stores. So the the list is endless. Um, Yeah. But I would just tell people to seek them out in their community because I mean, that's where so much music discovery happens too. So go to the mm-hmm. record store, buy what you love, talk to the person behind the counter, and you'll probably find a million other things that you walk away wanting to explore. That's cool. great advice. That's that. You know what? That's where I started. Uh, it was like, well, so like, what music do I love? You know? Yes. Although, Chris, I, I, I'm always going to give you the credit for giving me my first <laughs> record <laughs> yeah. and starting this insane journey that i'm on i um, thought i figured i I figured and i'm 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 very happy that you appreciate that and that it took you to this level oh yeah and uh i personally (laughs) just got it mainly as like a i know you love that album and if anything it's like a great work of art yeah uh, just owning a vinyl album of that and which i figured if it starts if it starts something great if not then you'll always own that and it did Say, oh, what was that, Jen? What was the record? Ah, oh, go ahead. My Chemical Romance, uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, the Hot Topic pressing. Cool. I love it. And which, by the way, now is like worth like over $200. <laughs> like, like, it's insane. Like, I love it, you know? Um, fantastic. Well, so, thank you for answering all of those questions. Really, just a lot of very useful and insightful and just awesome information from you and we love what you are doing uh in the vinyl community so thank you for for answering those questions yeah thank you guys appreciate it jen uh if you have any last words anything that you want to share you know with our listeners um the floor is yours i just want to say thanks to you guys for having me i think this was fun it was great and um yeah i hope people check women in vinyl Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We had such a great time. We really are. We are honored that you came on. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Um, and we had a blast. So yes, please, everybody go and check out Women in Vinyl. There's so many awesome stories in there. You're going to love it. You're going to see just what she's been doing in the community, which is such a great thing. And, um, you know, Ladies, if you're out there listening and you have an interesting story or if you have just, you know, uh, an interesting thing that you do within the vinyl industry, I'm sure that you can reach out and uh, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks for listening, guys. Check us out on Instagram at Taste of Vinyl and on Twitter at Taste Vinyl. And remember, you can never own too much vinyl. 
Later, guys. Later. <laughs>